What I want to start with is you took a road trip from uh, Washington, where you live, all the way uh, down to Orlando in Florida, which seems like the ultimate American road trip. What, what was that like and what did you get out of it personally? It was cool. You know, it was the first time at that point we'd been out of the house and months so you know it was just like we got this rental vehicle and on a saturday morning packed up all our gear and just started driving down the highway and uh you know kind of taking in all the sights of america and uh getting into the real you know rural areas and and uh stopping at truck stops and it, truck stops here are really fascinating because you can find so many things you would never find anywhere else um you know it's just a different it's a different world but it's cool it's just it's fun um it's fun to ex experience all that but we were also just trying to beeline it for the studio so okay, we, didn't, okay. we didn't mess around too much and we made the trip i think in under I mean, it was under three days. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. We were like sleeping very little. We just were like, let's get to the studio and make this record. Okay. Because, well, one thing, and I don't know if this is a saying or not, but there seems to be this idea that, that traveling is kind of a, um, an antidote to ignorance. And then obviously you've traveled a lot in, in your lifetime, but uh, especially seeing your own country and, and seeing all these different people, I don't know how much then you got to see of that. But does that... Um, Does that help you understand your country better? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I look. I'm a I'm a firm believer and advocate of getting out of your bubble, mm -hmm. and you know, having the opportunity to tour the world and see uh, different places in the world and and experience different cultures. That's really I feel like helped me as a human being on a number of levels, but then also my own country, you know, because this is a very unique country and I'm sure, sure it's this way in any country. When you leave um, the urban areas and you go into rural areas, it's, it's very different and vice versa. You know, I was, it was interesting because though I was born in Boston, Massachusetts as a kid, when, after my mom remarried, we ended up in a very rural, you know, we lived about a half hour outside of town, out by the mountains. And, uh, and so that was, initially like coming back into stepping back into, you know, a, a bigger, a bigger city was just like, it was really intimidating. And, um, so yeah, it's just, I, I love getting out of your comfort zone. I just think it makes you just more of a well-rounded human being. That's an interesting way of thinking about things, because if we, if we go then to your uh, new solo record, is that you going back to your comfort zone or getting out of your comfort zone? <laughs> Well, that's a great question. Um, in a way, kind of going to my comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, the, the things I do on the solo records, that's kind of like where I'm, it's it's closer to a lot of the music I absorb and have absorbed for a long time. I, you know, I love a lot of uh, American Roots music. I love just the, I don't know, there's just something about a lot of that, that I, especially as like, as the years go on, you know, when I was younger, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to more riff-based music. Um, you, you know, that's that's the thing. You're an angry young man, and and that kind of captures that. But then you get to a stage you're like, hmm, this is this is kind of interesting. What's this? And you start to take that in. So as the years have gone on, I, the things I do in the solo realm are probably closer to my musical DNA at this point. 
that's interesting because what I thought when I listened to the album, and there's there's quite a bunch of slide guitar on there. And now I, I know you play that yourself and you're a well-documented, really great guitar player. But is that something you picked over, up over the years or did you did you already know that from your youth? I kind of established that in the like the late 90s. So there's this artist um, named Chris Whitley. And I once I discovered him I, and I've I spent a lot of time absorbing his music and and he was a sly, he played slide, but not like the orthodox, like a lot of slide players that kind of do the same thing. And he had his own angle and it was genius. It was brilliant. Um, it was he thought about it more like a songwriter. And and so for me it was it was discovering him and then listening to i i bef- um, got to know a guy named warren haynes plays in mm-hmm. government yeah. and 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 that you know stood on stage next to him a few times and would just watch him do what he did and i was like oh man you know that's a, that's amazing and and so you know kind of feeding off of that uh, to to inform you know kind of inform me and how i would approach the slide so yeah it's just been kind of an ongoing thing and this yeah the solo records let me explore that as a, as a quick connection then to the to the record, uh, you mentioned Warren Haynes, and now um, I have to pick uh, see which song this was. Um, I can't remember, but there's an intro. I, I can't remember which song it was again. But the oh yeah, uh, sifting through the fire. It has somewhat of a Almond Brothers type of intro, guitar wise. So was that an inspiration? You know, it's funny that you, I hear it now, and as I was. Re- as I was writing that song, it was what, that was a song that was like the genesis of it. I just, I got up, had some breakfast, had some, drinking some coffee and just started kind of noodling around. And then that do, 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 do. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a, a hook. And I'll harmonize that. And, and, uh, after I had started the demo process and I stepped back and listened with fresh ears, like, yeah, that's got definitely got like an Almond Brothers vibe. And, um, it's, so it's fascinating how that works. You know, you don't, a lot of times I don't go into something. In fact, I never do. I never go into something and say, I would like to write a song that sounds like so-and-so because I think that's dangerous. You know, I don't, I, I want to just like, I want to write whatever is just, you know what it is? You, you, I put, I sit down, I put my antenna up and what's the universe going to tell me today? Where do I, where am I, what am I going to pull out of the air? And, and, and I kind of feel like in a lot of ways as a songwriter, all you're doing is taking information that already exists in terms of there's only 12 notes and then it all kind of comes into your subconscious somehow. And then you kind of put your filter on it and put it back out there. And it's always fun to step back and go, oh, I can hear, you know, elements of this or elements of that. And and that's a, but I never sit down and intentionally go, oh, I want to write because I think that that's, I don't know, it just doesn't seem fun. I just want to see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's the unknown is more exciting, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to take a, just a quick little step back. Uh, to the kind of conception of this entire uh, solo album, because were you planning on doing the second solo album before the whole COVID thing? I was. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I did. I was kind of, cons- you know, I knew I'm, I'm booked like two or three years in advance with sure. all the projects. And I knew that there was something, uh, there was a record that was supposed to be made around August. And I remember talking with my manager and in February of last year and saying, Oh man, I don't know how I'm going to find the time to make a record. Cause we were supposed to tour, you know, we had dates in South America and Asia. And then he's like, well, you're going to get it figured out, you know? And then two weeks later, the whole world shuts down. And, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I have plenty of time to write a record and, um, and just immersed myself in the, in the process. I'm a horrible, 
I've said this a few times now, I'm a really bad compartmentalizer. <laughs> so I prefer as a writer to have the, you know, the ability just to sit down with no distractions and nothing pressing. So I, I, I really wanted to utilize the time the best I could. Right. And it feels to me, and this is just my kind of interpretation, uh, but that the year of the tiger, that that was an album that you had kind of had to, had to get out of you. That was uh, very uh, close to you about a thing in your life that was very important to you. And now with the second one, it feels like you're looking a little bit more outward and more free in a way. Is that fair to say? Well, I'm definitely reflecting. This is more of a, a reflection record in terms of looking at the world in which so many records are and then just, you know, putting it through your filter and like, mm. here, here, here it is. here's my interpretation of the universe. Where is the first solo record? Yeah, that was, an, that was a, essentially um, a, a therapy slash journal mm. entry. You know, sure. you're just, you're working through things, but that key, the phrase, that phrase working through things, there's a lot of uncertainty and, and frankly, a lot of, I think, concern for kind of dark possibilities and and i think i was working through that as well on this record you know there's like the just looking at everything and going hmm this is this is this is unique i i've like how do i make sense of all of this and because yeah like i think everybody when you're living in times where things are changing very rapidly there's that concern for whoa where is it going and so i was just trying to make sense of it and and so it's still personal, you know, it's not like it was just some, uh, very, uh, you know, there was no, there was no emotion. There's a plenty of emotion in these songs for me. Sure. And then I suppose with change, it's also, uh, where, where do I fit in, in this new world or in this new conception of the world? Exactly. So I, writing an album like this, does it help you? Did, did you kind of figure it out a little bit? And I'm sure it's an ongoing process and there's no end point, but did it help you understand? the world as it is now better? Well, I don't know if it helped me understand. I certainly don't know if it helped me understand where I fit in. I'm still trying to <laughs> trying to figure that one out. I think we all are, you know, um, but, it, but it, it certainly helped me express things um, and, and kind of crystallize things, you know, it just, it's, it's very much the same thing as if when I used to journal write all the time and I stopped it. Interestingly enough, I stopped journal writing when I started songwriting. So once I really got in, so it's been decades really, because it's, it, it fills the same need of, of just putting pen to paper and purging yourself. Right. What if we, if we were, because we don't have the time to go through all the songs individually. So if, if there's, is, is there one that uh, when you started this whole project that immediately kind of the lyrics kind of came to you? A lot of them, they kind of, okay, you put up that antenna as you're writing the music and the mm -hmm. melody, and they, a lot of times the lyrics will just kind of happen. Okay. The first yeah. track, Get Along, was that way with the chorus. I I had that, dun, 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 dun. I had that court, that, uh, that guitar hook for a little while. And I, and I thought initially it was written as kind of a lead line and I'll oftentimes record it just to say, oh, that'd be fun in a solo or something. Then I listened back and I was like, that'd be a good hook for a song. So then once I, I started down that road, I remember sitting in my living room with an acoustic guitar, like, well, let's build around that now. And I was done -na -na -na, and I had that. And then why can't we all just get along? And I didn't, it just kind of came out, you know, as the antenna went up, that was what the universe put in my, my little brain. <laughs> and uh, right. so it kind of, it came quick, 
quickly in that sense. Then the trick was, where do you go with that narrative? And, 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 and so that was, uh, you know, then, then that takes a little bit of massaging. And I think after time, that song in particular uh, took on quite a significant meaning because I, I read that it was uh, inspired by kind of the Rodney King uh, aftermath. But then now, obviously, uh, we have George Floyd. And finally, finally, uh, the guy's been convicted, at least so far. So is that a big shift in American culture, you think? Or is that very significant that even though... Uh, evidence has always been around that, that these things were happening, that now finally people are being convicted? That's a good question. I mean, it, it seems like, um, it, it seems like things are changing and, um, I, I guess it'll, it remains to be seen how that will play out. Uh, I, I, I will say going back to what you were referring to with that song, it was interesting because it turned out to be kind of prophetic. I remember after I wrote song which was like in march of last year i thought i don't even know if this will be a because that lyric why can't we all get along was after i thought about well, where'd that come from where'd i hear that well that was from the early 90s and i remember the, the the riots and how that affected me and so i wrote a song kind of based on that but with a broad enough stroke to where it also applied to just how humans you know interact and my longing for people to get along and and so it was really fascinating when a few months later all this stuff happened and suddenly the song was very relevant. And um, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's um, we still there's a lot of growing pains and it's sure. not just in, here in the States. It's just humans we're still we're still learning, learning how to I think for me, I just would like people. It would be nice if we could stop being as there's like a tribal element almost with, you know, and I just wish that we could kind of just come together a little little easier but i think it's going to take time yeah the, the, unfortunately I, I think uh progress doesn't happen as quickly as, as we would like uh, it to happen right Sometimes. well let, let's talk about uh the album then more fun uh, fun stuff again um there is like i said a lot of slide guitar there there is that rootsy bluesy um now you obviously you played jazz uh, when you were younger uh, how much a part of was blues of, of that kind of upbringing and that that play uh, when you started out yeah so i think i was introduced to blues music interestingly enough by some gentlemen from the uk that's what's okay. so that's what's so funny is that zeppelin was who inf they informed so many of so many musicians and it was just their interpretation of things that came from from america and so yeah that was that was like the first one of the first solos I ever tried to learn was, uh, you know, the solo to rock and roll by, by Led Zeppelin, which is basically a blues, you know, it's basically a one, four, five. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's something that I've always appreciated. And I had an aunt that uh, right around that time gave me a BB King's greatest hits. And that was like, that was a real eye opening experience you know, hearing the thrill is gone for the first time. So though I appreciate and went through a phase where I was doing more like leaf fast lead guitar and, and, and working on technique and whatnot. I think when I heard more blues based players, that's what like, that's when my heart was like, oh yeah, that's, there's an emotion to that, that I really appreciate. And for, for, uh, for instance, a song like, um, love rain down, does that just start with that little blues lick? Is, is that how a song like that comes together? 
Yeah, that was, and that's an old, that's one of two songs that was actually written a long time ago. And I had, I had it in the, as I refer to the song refrigerator that just, <laughs> just sitting there and I checked, I hope I took the song out and looked at the expiration date and it hadn't expired yet. So I thought, okay, let's, uh, let's put this on the record. And from what I remember, I was going through a phase where I was learning this new technique where you basically keep this pattern going with your thumb and then you play a melody with your other fingers. And it was it was something I heard on a on a Eric Clapton record, the the unplugged record he put out in the 90s. And there was a song called Hey, Hey, which I loved, which turned out to be a big Bill, big Bill Brunsey song. So it was kind of that inspiration and that technique. And I remember sitting down and picking up an acoustic guitar and and I was like, okay, all right, I, I kind of like that. I could maybe build a song around that. And, uh, and that was the genesis of it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I remember Eric Clapton playing an acoustic uh, Stones in my Pathway where he talks about singing the melody this way and then playing the bass with his thumb and playing the... Do you still learn new things about the guitar? And you've, you've been playing, obviously, like I said, you're a great uh, guitarist yourself and you've played with some of the greats in the world, I would suppose. So do you still learn new things about the guitar? Sure. I'm, I'm always trying to learn. I... Um... I think that when you stop learning and stop being hungry for that knowledge, it just gets, it'll get stale. So yeah, I'm, you know, the beauty is, is that through, through social media, you know, like on my, on my Instagram, my feed, I follow a lot of these awesome guitar players and, and, and I'll just see their posts that day and be like, wow, you know, that's, that's great. So, and, I'm, and I'll save it and I'm like, I'm going to learn that lick, you know? And, and I, I, I love that. Um, there's just so, there's so many talented people. It's, it's amazing. Is there one thing on the record that you surprised yourself with? Like you said, you kind of pull it out of the ether in, in a way. Was there something that you, that you were surprised by that you pulled it out? That's a good question. Um, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe the title track, maybe the Ides of March. I mean, that was, a, that was a really challenging, that was a challenging track. And, 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 and tr whoa, and tr <laughs> my, my telephone is fine. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is that the, the genesis of the song was, you know, I was kind of waking up one morning and, kind of in a still in a sleep state and i heard we'll just be on the blue horizon and and with no real lyric but i just heard this melody and this chord progression i thought okay well i didn't even intentionally put the antenna up yet i'm still kind of sleeping but clearly the universe just dropped something into my melon so <laughs> so we should probably get up because i think that could be something and and so that one when it was all said and done after chasing it down i mean that took a really long time um I was really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I read that you were, uh, that you, that you described the process as, uh, cathartic kind of, uh, uh, initially having that dream influence and then working through a quite difficult, uh, time to get the song finished. Uh, what made it feel cathartic in a way? Well, I think the subject matter, because it does express a lot of the concern, especially when it was written, there were, there were so many, there were so many unanswered questions about where things could go in the immediate future. And so, yeah, I mean, I, when I listen to that song now, I, you know, it's palpable. I can feel that 
that concern and, the, and those questions. But where it was really helpful, not only just writing, getting to express that, but also getting to the end, which was the which took the longest to find, you know, that when it goes into the major key and well, I just I believe that we can change, da, 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 you know, that all of that. I threw so many different parts at that at that coda section and nothing ever felt like it was big enough and grand enough to to kind of balance what is stated at the beginning. And when that finally happened, I think I think it was by the summer. So the song, the genesis of the song started in January of 2020. And then the the end, the bookend came about probably in June. And after writing that lyric and that melody, uh, after that, the, you know, cool heads prevail in times, times of change. Once that line was born and the hair stood up on my arm and I was like, okay, this is this is what this is what I needed to express and this op this optimism in this crazy time is what I need for myself it's a mantra I need for me and hopefully someone will hear that and and feel the same way but I, I always want to be careful because sometimes when you write a lyric that you're writing to yourself to, as a reminder I don't want to be I don't want to come across as preachy, like I'm trying to convince people. No, it, a lot of this is is selfish in the sense that I'm writing to myself as and I because I know that we were talking about journal entries before. We were talking about how I stopped journaling when I started writing songs because I basically could just put the things that I needed to say to myself in a, in in conjunction with a melody, and they become these mantras that you can play over and over and over, like in stride cool you know cool down baby you know you're going to burn out in time that's that's to me in a lot of ways because i've always been a little bit anxious especially if i've had too many cups of coffee so <laughs> so so like it becomes very useful in my own life and if someone hears it and they go hey i that resonates with me i can use that in my life as well that's awesome that's that's beautiful but that's what i was going to ask because how magical is that part of it then when you when you kind of write something for yourself as a reminder yet then people other people hear it and they find something in it and then attach it to their own lives and then it helps them through whatever they're going through how, that realization that you can affect people with music how is that uh, yeah how do you think about that it's the you know what that's the probably the the most it's it's absolutely wonderful But you also realize that you you have I hate to use the word responsibility, but you know you realize that the power of music it's powerful medium, and so when people share that, especially when I see people who take lyrics and tattoo them on their body, and you're like, geez, talk about a commitment. So you know, make sure you you know you put put in the the time and and write a lyric that means something to you because it could mean so much to somebody else that they uh, you know put it on their body forever and ever so yeah i mean it's a it's probably the highest compliment one can when a fan, a fan or, or someone comes up and says oh you know this song i it did this it, it changed my life or i lost someone and this song helped me work through that um yeah music's powerful stuff finally then When you release an album like this, and obviously you you have been quite proficient in what you do, uh, but that also I suppose breeds certain expectations. Do do you worry at all when you when you just just make an album that you want to make? Well, it's a it's tricky. With you, mm-hmm. so I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was talking with my manager, and he was he was talking about how he liked the record and and how proud you know he was to be a part of it, and which means a lot to me 
but it this record it's it, sometimes you make records where you feel like whoa what how am i gonna where am i gonna go after this that's one of the things especially after doing this for years and years and years you're like oh you know what do, where do we go from here so there is that if you if your expectations are to keep going in different places and how to continue to reinvent and and keep it interesting but with that said because of the creative process and how it really is kind of the foundation of who I am more so than, you know, performing is great. I like to tour, but for me, it's, it's about writing. It's, I look at the music for me, the it's not the music business. This is the songwriting business. And so it's like, I have to, I have to do that. I, I, I mean, I like, I can go a little while without trying to create, but then it gets to a point where it's like, I can't, I can't exist without that, that thing. So you, once you're there, you just shut off all those little voices that it's, it's, and it's ego. It's like, well, you got to top the last record or you got to do this. And you're just like, you know what? You go hang out in the closet, ego guy. I just want to just, uh, I just want to embark on a pure journey and try and tap into the universe somehow. And if I extract something that's important, and ends up being of, of any merit, great. But I'm just, I'm doing this for the process. I'm doing this because this is, this is oxygen for me. And I can't imagine life without it. I really can't. Right. Final question then, with, with as strange as this may sound, uh, do you enjoy this period then where your uh, schedule isn't booked full for, for the next three years? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been really groovy waking up in the same bed every day and having a, like a ritual. Yeah. You know, and it, it allows me the ability to, to hyper-focus on the songs. I'm a horrible compartmentalizer. Like touring is all about, you get out and you've got, you've got all these things you, you do and then to try and fit in songwriting. And so you, Oh, well, I've got two hours here. I can write, try and write. And then you get in the groove. And it's like, Hey, you know, knock on the door. You've got this in 10 minutes. And, and like, Oh, then you have to stop songwriting. So yeah, I, I've liked having the, having some uh, power downtime. <laughs> well, it's well-deserved. I think, um, Miles, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this a lot. Great questions. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I, I wish you all the best with the record. It's in, I, you are going to play some uh, socially distant uh, shows, right? So have you translated everything yet? Not yet. We, you know, we're going to start rehearsing here uh, in a few weeks. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm sure you'll figure it out. All right, Miles. Uh, thank you so much again and hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for your time.